Welcome to the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast, stories of unsinkable resilience and resolving stigma. I'm your host, Michaela, and each week we explore stories with young people in our communities. You'll leave with a refreshing take on storytelling that will encourage you to venture deeper into and perhaps share your own story. Thank you so much for listening. That's a step in and of itself and enjoy this week's episode. This week, Michaela speaks with Arielle Bradbury, who grew up in a small town and lived a fairly simple life until she reached adulthood. A mom, a wife, and a human resources specialist who has decided it's time to share her horrific story with the world. A loving mother who will do anything in her power to help end the stigma of mental health so that her children grow up in a world where people talk about their mental health and are not ashamed, shamed, or judged. A passionate writer who has been writing her novel for five years in hopes of making a difference in the world. This conversation with Arielle is really special and we talk about motherhood and family and support and her book and kind of how all of those things have been deeply tied together. Enjoy this episode. It's a really great one. We are here today with Arielle, and I am oh, I'm very excited to chat with you because I have looked into your book and some of how you've shared your story. And yeah, I just, a lot of similarities, I think, with some of my own experiences. And so very eager to, to chat with you today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I love starting with the six word story, um, which is kind of how we've been kicking things off with each of the guests. And I am curious if you could tell your story in six words, uh, which I'm sure is very difficult after having written a book. Um, but if you could tell your story in six words, what would those six words be? And would also love to hear why. I would say piecing my life together many ways. I think when it comes to putting yourself back together and recovering, there's so many different things that you can do. And there's so many different things that you have to try. So for me, it's like a huge self care. Some people are really into like yoga and meditating where I found that wasn't for me. So for me, it's was running and exercise and journaling. And, you know, every time that something would happen, like a little bit of hypomania, it's piecing my life back together and making sure that I'm well and stable. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that you're kind of coming at it at like, there's many different pieces that are going to go into it a little bit like a puzzle. And that puzzle kind of looks very different for, for everybody. And I'm curious, like, as you were thinking about sharing your story and putting those pieces back together, if you had, I guess, inspiration, or if there are any other authors or people kind of in your circle who really kind of helped you get to that moment of sharing your story and, and talking about it like you are now. So I read the book, um, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. And she kind of goes into like a bit of motherhood, which is something, you know, I'm a mother too. And she just kind of talks about um, getting out there and just telling your stories. You know, she says, stop sitting on the couch, stop wasting time, stop making excuses and just do it. So for her, she owns a business. She's a very active person and she 
still has a home life and she's just kind of showing that you can be a mother, a father, a parent, any guidance and still live your life and still fulfill your dreams. So for me, my dream was to write a book and I kind of just put it on the back burner for so long. Like I'm, I'm so busy with the kids and this and that. But then I started taking my own time at night and writing my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Like the, that's the trickiest part too, carving, carving out that time. But once you get into that kind of a flow and rhythm of it, it's, it's so rewarding. Um, and I, yeah, I can relate a little bit. I didn't write a memoir per se, um, but I wrote a fiction novel a couple of years ago and it's very much connected, of course, as all writing is to our own experiences in some way. And it's just a really, amazing process of like creating that arc and going through how you're going to construct a story and put all those pieces together like you're saying absolutely yes actually yeah i'm very curious about this um so your story and i will be honest i haven't read um haven't read your book but i plan to i would really love to and i am curious i guess having told that story from a particular um, perspective in your life, your adulthood. I'm wondering if you would tell, or you think that your younger self or even older self in the future would maybe tell that story differently, either depending on your experiences or kind of what you were going through at the time. Yeah. Just how would you tell your story differently, maybe at different stages of your life? I would say my younger self, I would definitely have left out all the embarrassing stories that I add in there. Like there's some pretty intense moments. I think I would have had a lot of fear of what other people thought. Um, I might not even have published with my own name because I would be too scared. But I would say as my older self, I would obviously keep all those moments in. I would like to kind of elaborate more on the feelings and the emotions, which was a really hard part for me though. And um, I would say I would work a little bit more on my verbiage. So, you know, the way that I talk and certain things, like have a little bit more research background to make sure that I'm not doing anything offensive. Like I know it's, there's nothing really super offensive in there or anything like that, but just being very mindful and adding in extra pieces of things that people don't quite think about, even advice on things um, not to say to somebody who's battling mental health, because that is key and that's really helpful for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you brought up a really important point that language and how we word things is really important. And like the delivery of what we're trying to say is so important. I think in a lot of cases, some of the language around mental health and like quote therapy speak (laughs) can be a bit isolating for people, um, especially if you don't have access to those resources. And so it's so important to really approach it from an experiential level, but then also just be very mindful, like you said, and honest. And I think, yeah, that's amazing. And I love, you know, how you're speaking about it now and advocating and sharing your story. And I think it's really important to be open through that. So yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I want to jump in a little bit deeper into your story and take a look at that little kind of fill in the blanks poem sort of thing um, that I asked you to fill in and would love it if you're open to reading um, what you wrote for that. 
Yeah, sure. So I braved the waves when I went through psychosis and depression, having no idea what was happening to me. I couldn't comprehend why it happened to me when no one in my family had battled that sort of mental health. You know, I fought really hard to get myself stable. And then I realized that I bridged the gap when I took my life back into my own hands and I showed that I could still live a fulfilling life with having bipolar disorder. Um, so now I show my resilience because I'm proud of how far I've come and that I'm not afraid to talk about the most horrific parts of my story. I am unsinkable because I am strong, fierce, and I will not let my disorder define me and my abilities. I resolve stigma by sharing my book, Picking Up the Broken Pieces. I am completely vulnerable and honest in order to let others know that they are not alone. Hmm. I love that. That, yeah, that hits deep. And I, you're making me think of, I forget who originally said it, but uh, how vulnerability and courage go very much hand in hand and can't exist without the other. And I very much hear that in your story, like that, that courage piece to put the pieces back together and write your book and go through all that storytelling. Um, Like, that is the most vulnerable thing we can do, but it's also the most courageous. So yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, very eye opening and very, it's really great to hear the feedback that I've had on my book and just how it's helped people. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm curious what it felt like for you to kind of fill in some of those blanks and see your story in a compact kind of little way like that. And yeah, I guess just how, how it's felt to share it now that you've got your book out and you're here speaking about it. Like what has all that felt like? Ah, emotional. Like I'm standing here almost crying, you know, just feeling that strength that I've gone through and just the hardships and how, how hard I've had to fight in order to keep myself stable and change my entire life just to make sure that I don't go through that again. And, you know, just try not to be afraid. Yeah, absolutely. And I think being afraid, I will say is, is okay. And I think it's, it's what we do when we're afraid. That's, that's really important. And you are continuing to fight, even though I'm sure so many emotions and things are coming up and whether it's fear or anxiety or anything associated with, you know, being vulnerable and open um, and trying to maintain kind of a stability. I think it's incredibly brave and it's also terrifying (laughs) and that all kind of coexists. So I definitely, yeah, (laughs) I definitely can, can see that and how, and how you're sharing your story um, and even just talking with me today. And I know it definitely takes a village and lots of people supporting us. And I am curious for your support system and the people who have kind of been there for you through all of this, what do you think they would say, or how do you think they would celebrate you and how you've approached everything with sharing your story and speaking? Yeah. I would say like my husband's been a huge support and um, my sister-in-law has had a lot of background in research and understands mental health. So I find that uh, she would celebrate me because she would know that how far I've come and how much I know my body. So, you know, we had a conversation one time. I was 
really upset because, um, you know, I was feeling kind of hypomanic and, uh, I felt that I needed to take a sleeping pill after a couple days if I wasn't sleeping. And I just kind of, you know, I talked to my mom about it, but she didn't quite understand it. You know, she, she likes to stray away from taking medications. Like she knows I need to take them, but so that really upset me because she was like, well, you're on medications. You should be okay. Like you're not going to go into psychosis. Stop worrying so much, which upset me. So I talked to my sister-in-law and I told her about this and she said, Look at how far you've come. Like, you know your body. If you need to take a sleeping pill because you're not sleeping, take a sleeping pill. If that resets your mind. And she said, you know, everybody, um, you know, if you have some kind of illness, people take medication to get over it. You know, you don't just say, oh, I'll just, you know, I have strep throat. I'll just wait it out. So I think she would just celebrate the fact that I understand myself and I know what I need to do to get better. And I also know the warning signs and I know when I'm starting to go hypomanic and that I have to take grasp and I have to talk to people about it and let them know where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an amazing relationship to have. And I think, I forget, I think somebody else I spoke to maybe brought this up about how our support system sometimes, um, can be even more in the dark than we are on how we're navigating things. And I think that that communication piece then becomes so important of just encouragement and being open um, and just, yeah, being vulnerable and talking about things that are coming up um, kind of on both sides. So I'm glad that you have that relationship. I think that's amazing and so important. Thank you. Yes. I'm so, so fortunate. Yeah, for sure. And I know you mentioned research too, and I'm I'm curious if there's any particular themes either related to your own experiences or your sister and like any yeah, particular research themes that you're really passionate about um, that you'd like to talk about or share with anyone listening. Totally okay if not. Um, I would just say I'm not like on my own experience, I think a big piece that people don't know is like medication isn't a one size fits all. You know, we have to try sometimes multiple medications before something works and something might work and then not work. So I think that's a big thing is to understand. And a lot of people are always researching how long are my meds going to take and everyone has to understand it's different for everyone. And that's the hardest part. And just knowing that, you know, if you were to break your knee, it takes a long time to heal. So you can't always expect like if you're depressed, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a one night thing. And I think people seem to think that medications are going to start right away, and that they're going to work completely and cure you, which they're not. And a lot of people are under the assumption that basically meds are your cure which of course they're not, unfortunately, like I still go through hypomania. I still have lower moments, even though I am on medication that stabilizes me. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's such an important point. And I think it's kind of two things that you made me think of. And one is like medication is also just one piece of the equation. Like it often goes hand in hand with other forms of treatment and care and connection and other people and resources. Um, it's kind of one, one of the puzzle pieces, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then also I think we're just so used to something like Advil or a painkiller that works somewhat instantaneously. And we think about any medication in that bucket. And of course, mental health um, specific medication in a lot of ways doesn't doesn't work that way because obviously it's it's targeting a different part of your body and it's targeting your mind instead of you know your pain receptors and I think it's an important distinction to make because um, yeah we we kind of get thrown into these buckets of like the miracle cure or the miracle pill um, and wanting a quick fix uh, to be able to solve things and mental health care rarely works that way yeah definitely. It's very complex. Amazing. Well, I would love to try this kind of live story generation idea with you if you're open to it. Um, We've only done it a couple of times on the podcast thus far, but it's a very interesting kind of way to bring a particular story to life for everybody listening. So if you are open to it, uh, more or less, I will just kind of guide you through some of those prompts that I shared um, and kind of just, yeah, more or less, we're going to give some audio and voice to a particular experience and story from your life. Sure. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> All righty. So for the particular story that um, I asked you to bring, where are you in this story? And that can be physical location, weather, inside or outside. I'm sitting outside in my backyard with my uh, newborn baby on my lap. Okay. And is it, or I guess what, yeah, what time of year? What's the weather like? Is it day or nighttime? It's summer and it's an absolute beautiful sunny day. Okay. And five senses during this moment. So what do you see, hear, taste, touch, smell? Yeah, I see my family sitting around my like relaxing and my youngest, my, well, sorry, my oldest son, you know, playing in the backyard. And then my other one, I'm just, sorry, looking at, I'm just looking at, you know, and enjoying his comfort. Um, so I see him and his kind of baby smiles. He's about three months old. Um, and then, you know, I can smell like just the fresh air, crisp air of summer, um, I can hear the birds chirping. Um, I can't taste anything in particular, <laughs> you know, just that crisp summer. <laughs> All good. Sometimes the taste one is sometimes really hard because yeah, you're, it kind of depends on whether or not you're eating. <laughs> yeah. It tastes popsicles. All good. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. And so you said you're kind of with your family, so you're not alone. Um, What happened right before this particular moment? Uh, I would say before I was just kind of inside the house, just kind of feeling things out. It was, uh, you know, I had just come home from the hospital, I think a couple of days prior. And I was just kind Mm -hmm. of figuring my life out again, how it was going to be with, you know, my baby and my other son. Yeah. And aside from kind of sitting and just holding your baby, what what was happening right in that moment or even maybe more so what were you kind of thinking in that moment? So that was like the 
a really great day, it was that realization that, yes, I can do this. You know, I'm doing so much better than I was when I was in the hospital. I'm starting to recover. You know, I felt that smile on my face and I've got a picture of it where it's like me holding my son. And that's when I really realized, like, I'm going to get better and I'm going to enjoy every moment of life from now on. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it was just a really almost serene, yeah, kind of moment to have that realization. And, you know, I hesitate to say like <laughs> we have aha moments in our lives, but we definitely have moments where we make more connections. And I know when I asked um, you to think of a story for this, I asked for you to think of one that happened between kind of your greatest moment of pain and then that movement towards healing. So I'm curious if kind of aside from what you've shared, if you want to speak into that at all and why you chose that particular moment to share today. Yeah. So that was a moment. So I had just had my baby after I went through psychosis when I was pregnant with him about seven to eight months pregnant. And then they were, they told me that I would likely go through the postpartum depression. And so you know, I went through it really hard. You know, one night I just started feeling awful and I had had that feeling before because it was the second time. And uh, I was like, I need to go to the hospital. So I did. And then I got, I got sent home after a couple of weeks, but I was still feeling awful, just horrible. And um, then I ended up in the hospital again because I just couldn't take the pain anymore. And, um, you know, it was the most emotional time because I'm away from my, you know, my newborn baby that I just birthed. And, you know, that time is so special in your life. And, you know, it's one of the hardest moments to even think about, you know, the fact that I missed the first three months of his life and, you know, just making that time back. And, you know, we're so close now and he's my mini me. And so it's just kind of that special moment that I, when I realized like, I can do this, this is my baby and I have another baby and life is great. You know, I have all the things I want. I have a great family and things will look up, things will get better. And I have so much to look forward to in my life. Oh, gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And thank you. I think first for, for taking us into that moment with you and kind of bringing it back to life for everybody who's listening. And that's really powerful when we're able to connect all of those dots, I think, especially in that in-between moment. Like I, I know even for myself, when I look back on some of the things that I've been through, it's very easy to see like, oh, this was a really good moment and this was a really tough moment and kind of put everything into those two boxes versus... Mm -hmm kind of those in-between transition moments where, yeah, you're making a transition from a painful thing to a really good thing. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. It was nice to share something so, so hard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so much power, I think, in giving, giving words to something and like giving it space and a voice, um, especially when, you know, it's something you carry with you for, your life. Like we carry our stories with us for the entirety of our lives. And some of those stories never have the chance to be 
spoken, right? And given words and language. And so I think it's amazing when we choose to do that for a particular experience. So yeah, amazing. Well, I think I only have one other question I really wanted to ask. Um, Let's see, which is basically just if there's anything or kind of a key, maybe a key message or takeaway or anything that you would like to share uh, with our listeners. And I think for the most part, our community is kind of centered around youth and that's who predominantly listens to the podcast. So you're welcome to kind of tailor it to youth. Um, But I also think a big part of that goes to parents and families and, and mothers. So there's any message that you have for for youth or for parents i think that would be really really wonderful um so i will leave it open for you to share i think mainly is that don't live in that darkness don't live in it alone you know there's people you can talk to and if you talk to someone and they don't understand it or they don't give you the right answers there's always somebody else you can talk to you know whether it's a teacher you know you're going to connect with somebody you know not all of us are going to understand or connect with you the same way. And I just think it's so important to not be embarrassed, you know, not feel ashamed because this is not your choice. This isn't something that you brought upon yourself. Like you have to realize that is not your fault, you know, and for me, my story, I talk about the embarrassing moments and I want others to know that it's, it's okay. The things that you do say, for example, if you go through psychosis, you might do something you know, horrific, something embarrassing, you know, I ran naked through a hotel. So, you know, that's pretty embarrassing. But for me, it's accepting that I did that and knowing that it's okay. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, it's horrible. I can't believe I did this. And I'll never get over it. But you you will learn to live with it and realize that it's not that embarrassing. You know, you can laugh about it later. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good message such a good message because yeah there's only there's only so much you can control and the things that happen to us and mental illness and just our mental health in general is often so much out of our control and kind of the I guess self-compassion and accountability like kind of all goes hand in hand of like okay this thing has happened or you've done something embarrassing what are you going to do about it versus how are you going to attack yourself about it? (laughs) And there's a very kind of big difference there um, that I love that you touched on. That's a really, really (laughs) important and great message for everybody. So thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast. You can find much more information about this week's storyteller, resources, and related links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, leave a review, and follow us on socials. And lastly, don't ever forget that you are unsinkable. Just being here, listening, helps you swim and keep your boat afloat. Thanks, everyone.